1: Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Holla talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well...
0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking about grit, the number one factor in winning with your money.
1: I am really looking forward to this episode. You know, we've been talking about grit for a while now. This is uh, this episode actually is going to be kind of loosely based on Angela Duckworth's book, aptly titled "Grit." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's such a fascinating book. We would definitely recommend it for anybody out there who has not yet read it. But we're going to be talking about grit in the context of our money, uh, the different things that we need to make sure that we're doing when it comes to our personal finances to ensure that we're getting ahead, that we're actually reaching those goals. Yeah, and we really do think grit is. The number
0: one factor, and we're going to talk about the other factors of financial success and how grit actually it is more meaningful than a lot of the other things you might assume are number one. Yeah, we definitely feel that it trumps them for sure. Yeah. Well, before we get to that, Matt, I wanted to let you know I found something out the other day, and I didn't realize this, which is interesting because I use the the Libby app quite frequently. It's yeah, the, we're big fans. Yeah, it's the library app where you can listen to audiobooks or you can get eBooks um, directly in your hands on your phone for free. You can borrow that stuff from your local library system. And so I listen to a lot of audiobooks on there. But there's something I didn't realize that the library offered through the Libby app until just the other day, and I don't know how I was missing this. There was a magazine that I wanted to subscribe to. I looked it up. It was 15 bucks a year in order to get the physical copy, or 15 bucks a year to get the digital copy, or I could pay 20 bucks a year and get both. And I was right. like, that's not bad. No, I mean, not bad at all. And, and the, the magazine has a really cool design to it. I was like, all right, well, I, I kind of want the physical copy. But for now, at least, I decided to hold off. And I was just like doing some messing around on the Libby app, and it turns out, they have magazines too, and so the magazine that I wanted to sign up for, uh, if I were to opt for the digital copy and pay fifteen bucks, well, guess what? I can get it for free uh, through the Libby app instead. So basically, that same Very digital nice. copy costs me nothing versus versus fifteen bucks <laughs> a year. And, and like, there's tons of magazines out there that people can subscribe to. So and so, if you're a big magazine buff, I just wanted to like. Put that on your radar, you don't necessarily even have to subscribe to it on your own. You can get it through your library system.
1: Yeah. Well, how does it actually look within the app, right? Because so much of a magazine's design, like you kind of mentioned that earlier, you know, a second ago, you said like the design of the magazine oftentimes really plays into kind of the experience yeah. and it can be difficult to kind of appreciate that, you know, like I, on your phone or on a tablet, you know, does it look like the magazine or does it just look like, uh, you know, an article on your phone? Yeah, it more looks like an article. It's, okay.
0: it's it definitely doesn't have the same, the same feel. I'm um, a
1: little little bit but you can still get all that information
0: yeah exactly yeah. and i will say too if you want the physical copy because I agree. Having a physical magazine copy is so nice, especially for the ones that, that put a lot of effort into the design work. One, don't buy the magazine off the shelf because oftentimes you can get a whole year's <laughs> worth of that magazine <laughs> for, for the, the same, same for the same price. price as
1: one copy. Especially that first year. I mean, that first year, literally, you can you can pay five bucks, yes. and get an entire first year of that magazine uh, included instead of you know paying six ninety nine at a bookstore. Right,
0: and there are other sites out there now too that will offer you better prices than going like to through the magazine publisher. There's one website I know of called discountmags.com. and I've gotten um, some magazines there before. And I think I was able to get like a year of a magazine I liked for like five bucks. And so that's nice. literally the price of yep. one issue <laughs> for a year's worth of it. And so for this one, at least for now, I'm gonna you know do it on the Libby app. But because the design is so good, I think I'm gonna have to get the physical uh, physical copy at
1: some point. At some point, I feel like the the temptation to buy a magazine in person is the strongest in an airport. Oh, it's you know yes, that is 100 <laughs> percent true, because like you've already you know you flip through all your social media, you're caught up there. You've read the articles that you want to read on the phone. Like you know maybe you don't want to do email, or maybe you're all caught up on email and you're still waiting. And so you're like, dang it, what am, what am I gonna do? And so folks either tend to just waste time on their phones, or they go over to the little store. They see a magazine they see a cover that interests them and then you end up buying it there so instead of doing that make sure you have the Libby app downloaded and uh, search that magazine on your phone first exactly i feel like the airport is one of those places kind of like getting a hot dog at a ballpark where you could mark it up 300 (laughs) percent and people would still pay for it 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 doesn't matter it's like you're so beholden you can't leave the terminal you know whatever like you're afraid that they're gonna start boarding so you're there you're kind of like locked in people are obsessed with getting in line first That's like a whole nother tangent that my mind just went to that we're (laughs) not going to talk about right now. I appreciate you sharing that tip. That's something that I didn't know, man. Let's go ahead and introduce our beer for this episode. Today, you and I are both drinking a Pales in Comparison, which is a double dry hopped American Pale Ale, and this one is from Edmunds Oast Brewing. I'm looking forward to enjoying this one and uh, sharing our thoughts at the end of the episode, buddy. No doubt. Me too. All right, but but now let's get on to the topic at hand. We're talking about grit, and we
0: really do believe it's the number one factor in winning with your money. Matt, we, we thought about uh, titling this episode, Getting Gritty With It, and uh, <laughs> doing a little Will Smith theme. No, 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 Yeah. It would have been fun, but <laughs> as you. Do the little dance with like a
1: little <laughs> little hand swing at the side. You've got it down, Pat, buddy. Yeah, nicely done. I did it back in the day. If only this was a video podcast, you know, people <laughs> could have, everyone could have experienced. likely it's not. <laughs> uh,
0: well, it just makes me think, Matt. Thinking about grit it makes me think about when I was growing up. I played the piano for a few years when I was a kid. My parents basically made me do it. Uh, and I really wasn't all about that practice life that you were supposed to do <laughs> on the side. You didn't have that sticker on the back of your, your parents' <laughs> <laughs> Piano life with a Y. No, I didn't. It's I good. didn't. And because my parents basically like forced me into the piano thing, I did it reluctantly. And, and after a few years, my parents were like, actually, we're going to let you have a little more say in whether or not you want to continue on in piano. And I bolted <laughs> at the first <laughs> chance, right? And I've never really played the piano since my commitment level where i was on the grit scale as angela duckworth would put it was pretty low and angela duckworth who's a psychology professor she writes about the grit scale and she's done some of the best research on the subject of grit and i think a lot of what she's found can really help us develop more resilience in our lives in general but then you and i we think that there's a lot of room for grit development and how we handle our money too and that it can have a really big payoff
1: Yeah, you know, it it really does turn out that grit and commitment to how they can have a large effect on the the progress that we're able to make toward the goals uh, that we've set for ourselves. So on the flip side, a lack of grit will lead to. Falling short of those goals. So, for instance, in Duckworth's research, it, it's not the kids with the highest IQ uh, who do the best in spelling bee competitions. It's the kids that show the most grit. And so, in that case, for those kids, it means uh, it's the kids who most consistently practice. Maybe that's something you failed to do with uh, with your piano lessons. I know. I just admitted it. You don't have to rub it in. <laughs> uh, and you know, so this tends to be true though uh, in other areas of our lives, uh, and definitely it's true in personal finance as well. It's not always the high income earners that acquire financial freedom the most quickly. Often, it's the folks who commit the most strongly to the outcome that they want to see. Yeah, Matt. And of course, you and I, we want to be those people that succeed with our money, who commit strongly
0: enough, who have the resolve to accomplish those goals that we've set out to accomplish. And we want our listeners to be in that same boat, too. You know, we want to save we want to invest well in order to achieve greater levels of freedom as we continue on this journey to a healthy relationship with money and then having more of it and building wealth but how do we cultivate and muster the grit to help us get there that's really what we're tackling today and, and let's start with a definition from angela duckworth that i think is really helpful uh, just to kind of get our minds around it because if you were to ask somebody what grittiness means there might be a whole lot of different definitions that people would come up with and, and i think she helps us boil it down she says grit is perseverance perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is sticking with your future day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. And Matt, that's what that's what you and I believe about money too, right? It's not a sprint. It's one of those things where you you do have to have patience and you do have to have the resolve to continue at these things that we talk about every week for years and years and
1: even decades. That's true. Yeah, it's helpful to have a- a definition here because it's not like I don't know. Some folks might be thinking grit. Oh, does that mean you just like don't have any manners? <laughs> but truly, <laughs> it's about goals and sticking with those goals no matter what happens. You, uh, you can have manners and grit at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know this is helpful too because you know everything in our world today, like it, it tells us that what we want, uh, we should be able to get immediately, right? You know that we should be able to see really quick results when it comes to any goal that we've set for ourselves. Four minute abs. <laughs> And I'm like, no, no, that's too long. I want the two-minute abs, <laughs> the four-hour work week. That's why like books like that are popular, you know, the four-hour body, things it's, like it's that. The promise. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we see this all the time in advertisements about our health, about weight loss. You know, we see this uh, with you know when it comes to like promises of maybe like a new dating app that's going to change your life. Uh, and we also see it play out when it comes to building wealth as well. They propose that it doesn't take much thought or intentionality. You know, you can just realize those goals instantly. But, you know, we feel that realizing that financial success and wealth building, it takes time. And this is so important in becoming a gritty person. And so, if you think that success is going to happen overnight, you're going to be sorely disappointed and far less likely to actually continue working towards the financial goals that you've uh, laid out for yourself. We don't suggest for folks to try to get rich. You know, we're not riding meme stocks to the moon. We are getting rich slowly over here, over here at How to Money. Essentially, we're calling for, for patience in a world of instant gratification.
0: Yeah, Matt, I think some of those promises, we've been promised a lot of things, we've been sold a lot of things. Where people tell us success is supposed to happen quickly, and then when it doesn't, it actually like breaks our faith, I think, in the possibility of even achieving that thing in the first place. It's because we don't have any grit. <laughs> well well it's also true that like it's a letdown when someone tells us something can happen in a short amount of time, and it yeah. can't actually happen in a short amount right. of time. And so we want to like also tell you the truth here. <laughs> the yes. truth is that it does take a while. And I think somebody might be asking themselves, like, but you just said that grit is the number one factor in winning with your money. Aren't other things more important than grit? And I understand the question, but um, let's maybe discuss a few factors that influence your progress with money and see where grit stacks up among them. And I think, Matt, some people might point to a high income, replacing the need for grit. Like, if I make enough money, I don't really need to be all that gritty. I don't have to have the stick-to-itiveness with right. my money that it's going to take to win. I don't really have to behave with money because I make a lot of it.
1: But uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I understand. So you, you don't know me. You, you don't see my income. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can make a lot of money. I can do what I want. Exactly. That's I, what people think. But stats
0: show that one in five people making over $100,000 a year is living paycheck to paycheck. It's not that income doesn't matter. Making more money is a good thing for your finances. But making more money doesn't replace the need for grit and for discipline. There are a lot of uber-rich, super unhappy people living paycheck to paycheck uh, who need more grittiness in their lives to be happier and to be wealthier.
1: Yeah, I think high earners are can always find a creative way to blow all their money. You know? <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> and so another aspect that I think folks might tend to focus on, uh, you know, more, maybe more than grit is knowledge, you know, like they might be asking, can uh, personal finance book learning overcome a lack of grit? It definitely helps to have some knowledge and, and to have some understanding there. But having it apart from grit won't do the trick either. You know, in fact, in one study that Duckworth writes about in her book, she finds that smarter students were actually less gritty uh, at some of the Ivy League schools. And that's because people who aren't as smart as their they tended to buckle down and work harder because they had to, right? And so they exhibited more grittiness because of that. And it's an interesting example how not naturally having you know, all the smarts in the world, how that, how that can actually benefit you in the long term because you gain more of that grittiness. Yeah, there's a difference between book smarts
0: and street smarts. And it's not always the valedictorian uh, of your high school that's the most successful person. Sometimes it's the person that's more gritty, that has a little more stick-to-itiveness about them, right? And also, too, there's another excuse I think some people tell themselves that they don't have to be gritty if... Someone else is doing all the hard financial lifting for them. But is that true? We would say not quite, because a lot of people do rely on their partner to make all of the financial decisions in the House, or maybe on Congress passing a bill to send more funds their way, or on a parent to bail them out of their money mistakes, even as a grown adult. And it's not that outside help isn't sometimes important, but consistently, Looking elsewhere uh, for help means that you're not going to be very gritty, and that help won't always be there, right? Uh, Plus, it's self-evident that the ability we have to make positive changes in our
1: own lives really does lead to higher levels of fulfillment and satisfaction. Yeah, so in short, you know, possessing more grit, especially when it comes to your finances, is going to lead to more happiness. But the thing is, dude, it is not a predetermined thing, right? Like, you don't have a certain amount of grit that you're born with, uh, and then you can no longer change that. Uh, It turns out you can cultivate more grit, and that's actually what we're going to talk about right after the break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right?
0: AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through
1: AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash I'm guessing that a lot of
0: listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations... or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb, you just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash
1: host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
0: And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be
1: a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle.
0: Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we're back. We're talking about grit in today's episode and how that is. A huge factor, probably the number one factor when it comes to winning with your money. And Matt, let's continue talking about it. It's such a fascinating subject. And let's talk about how we can actually develop more grit, like the ways to go about doing it. And I think it's important to know that grit is transferable. Aside from personal finance, developing resilience and grit in your life is going to spill over into other areas right it's not just going to help your money it's going to help you in the workplace it's going to help you in your marriage it's going to help you raising kids you know i always tell my girls matt you can do hard things. Like That's one of the things that they hear me say a lot when I tell them uh, to come over close to me because I'm going to tell them something. They either think I'm going to tell them that or that I love them. <laughs> like those are the two things that they hear the most from me, I think. Get over here. I'm about to do one of two things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it, it, it's cool to see uh, my girls get over fears that they might have had as we like talk through things and as they experience the joy in doing something that they previously thought they couldn't. It specifically makes me think of doing the ropes course at Stone Mountain in Georgia with my daughter who I think I think she was five at the time yeah and there's so. like 12 year old boys who are like scared out of their minds and like I keep talking to her and she gets through it man and uh she did it well and she wanted to do it again just like
1: donkey in shrek when he's crossing <laughs> over the uh the bridge <laughs> something like that we watched that recently <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while for me so I don't I don't know if I remember that but um yeah I, I
0: think like we can all do hard things and our lives are better when we realize that and we live in a, in a way that reflects it and sometimes it's that inner monologue we need someone basically telling us that we can do something that we think we can't and then once we do we're just like so proud of ourselves
1: yeah it's so true how that spills over that discipline and when you've developed that grit it can you know you can see that manifest itself in lots of different areas of your life and as it applies to money you know on a financial level grit can help you obviously you know pay down debt faster it can help you to slash bills that you were previously maybe unwilling to touch it can get you motivated to increase that 401k contribution percentage I mean, basically, any financial goal that you can dream up uh, can be impacted by grit. But the question is, how do we achieve more grit in our lives, especially as it pertains to our money? So, that's what we're going to talk about now. All right. So, I think one of the most important things people really need to start off with, and we've
0: talked about this before on the show, the why behind your money, figuring out your why is a huge part of being able to be grittier with your money in order to continue to make the hard decisions and the hard money moves, they're going to help you succeed in the future. It's just easier to be resilient when there's a goal in your life that you feel strongly connected to.
1: Yeah. And, and in her book, you know, Duckworth talks about like she connects that with passion. Like when you have an interest in something, when you have a passion for something, I mean, basically, like that's where you start. And luckily, the conversation around money is so relevant to this conversation because we can all identify things that we probably want to do with our money yeah the bigger goals that we
0: want to achieve and money is obviously a huge part of being able to achieve those how, goals. We, how we get there exactly yeah. and uh nietzsche said he who has a why to live can bear almost any how and it's crucial to identify why you're doing the things you're doing with your money in order to make significant progress and then to maintain your resolve to achieve those goals write this why down because uh, this why is going to be the reminder to yourself, maybe to your family, to you and your significant other of what you're aiming for and is going to allow you to not give up as you encounter obstacles because we all encounter obstacles but grittiness is pushing through those obstacles and having the why is going to lend a massive hand in your ability to remain gritty when those obstacles do pop up
1: yeah so for example it makes me think about like no spend challenges right like pretty much anybody could do a no spend challenge uh it's not all that hard to avoid you know buying some junk online for maybe a couple days or maybe even a couple of weeks but then i've been doing a no spend challenge for the last 15 minutes while we've been recording this episode (laughs) congratulations sir very impressive right uh you deserve another sip <laughs> from, from your beer. But, you know, the question we need to ask ourselves then is, like, what happens after that no spend challenge is over, you know? Because after that, most folks will just, like, resume their previous, you know, habits of spending. And then all that progress that, you know, was made, it just comes undone. It, you know, it, it unravels because the challenge, it's not really fun anymore. But when you're able to identify your deeper why you will have discovered goals that have a higher level of durability and endurance. And it is such a key aspect of developing grit in your
0: life. So true. So that why is a crucial uh, piece of the puzzle to developing a grittier response in your personal financial life. But aside from knowing what it is that you're seeking after, aside from having that why, there are also some deliberate steps you can take and specific actions that you can employ in your life that will lead to a higher level of grit and the, the, uh, the greater ability to then achieve your goals. We have to bridge that gap between what we desire and then the steps that we're right. taking in order to arrive there.
1: Yeah, quick example. Uh, <laughs> I had a desire earlier this year to begin waking up earlier. And so, for me, a practical step I started taking was to lay out my clothes the night before, right? And and if I don't do that, dude, it is a whole lot easier <laughs> for me to sleep in, to hit snooze a couple times, uh, and avoid doing the thing that I really want to do, which is you know waking up early so I can get some reading done. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk then about some of these practical steps uh, that will allow us to to begin developing more grit in our lives.
0: Yeah, it's so much easier to wake up when you when you open your eyes and you're like, oh, man, I don't have to fumble around in the dark to get my clothes. They're already
1: laid out for me. For in- uh, well, for me too, it's the dresser because it's so noisy. Like <laughs> Kate gets mad at me. Yeah, it's like, so- I'm gonna
0: wake her up. I better just sleep in. Yes, yeah. no,
1: I really do. Like that's how I justify it. I'm like, oh, well, what am I gonna put on? What's the temperature? I don't know. But if I check the temperature the night before and lay those clothes out, and I don't make all that noise like i've got all those decisions streamlined and i just slide out of bed like a like a silent panther you know like <laughs> you can't hear me i'm super stealthy like there's a lot
0: of reasons right yeah that that, <laughs> that you could easily give as an excuse to not wake up early and you got to eliminate as many of those on the front end as yes, you can and, yes. and i think yeah similarly they're just Practical steps, though. Like, that's what we're talking about yeah. here.
1: Like, they're just simple things that we can do to begin to foster that that grit in our lives. Yeah, yeah.
0: And one of the other things that, that Angela Duckworth talks about in, in her book is deliberate practice. And that's a crucial part of, of being more gritty. It's hard to get better with your money if you're not intentionally working at improving. And she says that actually, informative feedback is a crucial aspect of that deliberate practice. And as we think about our finances, it's it's really difficult to imagine any improvement if we're not sitting down at the end of the month or at the end of the year and reviewing how we actually handled our money. Like just like with my piano lessons, <laughs> the lessons only go so far if you refuse to practice. If I had only practiced like three days a week, I would have quickly gotten better, and I probably would have enjoyed it more, and I might have kept at it, but my lack of grittiness, my lack of deliberate practice, really led me to
1: hate playing the piano and dread going to the lessons. Right, yeah, so let's apply that then to our money, right? So, this specifically means that like, we likely need to track our spending so that we have the data in order to provide that, you know, what what Angela calls that informative feedback, Uh, you know, and so you can do this automatically with software like Mint or Personal Capital, or you can do it, you know, the way I do it, kind of longhand, do it uh, via Excel. And I, again, we've talked about how I do that intentionally because I feel like it... I don't know. It kind of embeds into my mind a little bit more when I have to enter those, you know, those purchases in myself, or you know, when I paste them over from, <laughs> from my credit card. But you have to see them multiple times that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I touch it more often. Um, but you know, you, you need to figure out what it is that's going to work for you. You know, we we live in a culture that tends to avoid this type of reflection. We're always looking to the the next best thing. But if you're trying to improve your financial situation, you need to make sure. That that you're facing the truth, you know, and that you're giving your spending and your saving an honest look. You need to reflect on what it is that that's working, what's not working, uh, and then also too, like make some tweaks. You know, that's that's a big part of what she talks about as well. Is kind of it's not just about receiving that feedback, but it's about uh, modifying it and refining it so that you can continue to move, you know, down the path that you want to be progressing down. Yeah, one one of the other important things too, in developing
0: more grittiness in your life, is to start responding to mistakes that you make differently and learning from them instead of letting them define you. That's another problem I think a lot of us have struggled with, Matt, over the years, is like letting a mistake really get you down and mess up your next decision and the one after that. It's, yeah. It has like lingering effects, right? Because we're beating ourselves up. Uh, but instead of raking yourself over the coals, is there something that you can do one to minimize that mistake? Probably, there's probably a way that you can make that mistake less bad by doing something else proactive in order to minimize the negative effects. And then, and then you can ask yourself too, like how can I avoid making the same mistake in the future. The non-gritty response is to let that mistake linger to get you down and to compound on itself, causing you to make even more mistakes in the future. Yeah, where it defines you yeah. and who you are. And the difficulties that we encounter, I feel like they can either harm us, causing us to lay down and just accept our circumstances and say, fate has dealt us this blow and and this is just the hand we've been dealt. Or it can be more like a kick in the pants that causes us to gut it out even harder. Maybe you're realizing that you've financed a brand new car at a dealership and your interest rate is terrible and you can just say this is a mistake I've made and I'm an idiot and I'm bad with money and you can continue to go down that road Uh, and that's only going to be a a self-fulfilling prophecy making you worse with money in the future but if you can refinance that loan at a credit union and and uh get your payment down or if you can sell that car and buy something a whole lot cheaper you're going to take a hit right it doesn't mean that that mistake doesn't affect you financially but there are ways to get out from under that mistake to minimize it and then to move on from there and say you know what I just made some good moves after a bad one, and I do know what I'm doing with my money, and that can have a positive influence uh, on your ability to continue to make progress. Yeah, and then of
1: course make sure that you never do that again. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and you know, according to Duckworth, again, you know, this is also why hope, why it's foundational to becoming more gritty. Uh, you know, to rise to the occasion and to kind of just keep on going, even when it is that we have our doubts. You know, this might be similar to those those times in a marathon that are, uh, from what I hear, seemingly impossible to get through. You know, like oh, that's you have run a marathon. It's where you hit the wall. I've run a half, multiple half marathons, but oh, never I, the marathon. I don't know if I knew you'd run multiple half marathons. Oh, you didn't know that? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, so for me, it's always, you know, it's difficult, but you know, full, full on marathons, they say that like around, I think mile 20, 21, like that's when it's, it can be really brutal evidently. But, uh, you know, it's about continuing to put one leg in front of the other, you know, like that's the only way to realize the goal that you've set for yourself. And you, you got to have that hope at every step in the process. You need to remind yourself of that regardless of where you currently are yeah i don't think marathons are in my future but i, but I do think that is a good example
0: of what grit looks like yeah. is it, someone training for a marathon and then actually performing the marathon. And from everything I've read, it's it's brutal, dude. Yeah, those last four <laughs> miles are really,
1: really hard. No matter how well you've trained, uh, marathons aren't even in my future. Like, <laughs> like I might do another half, but even halves, like it's just too much of a time commitment. Because like when you're training for those, like you you, have, you you have to also run that far when you're training. So it's not like you just run for, you know, a few hours just on race day. Like you're running for a few hours plus you know warm up, cool down, stretching, like that whole thing. Like several times before the race, and so it is a massive time commitment. Like you're, yeah, I mean a lot of it's insane. Uh, the runner friends I know, they're running long distances four or five days a
0: week. <laughs> and So yeah. yeah, it's a big commitment. And, and like too, as we're talking about practical ways to develop grit, there could be simpler and more straightforward approaches too like something as simple as using social media better. Hmm. Uh, Too much social media can be a terrible thing when it comes to being satisfied with your life. Like doom scrolling, is not just unproductive. It creates new wants, moving the goalposts in our lives and giving us new metrics that we have to achieve. So instead of having to run 26.2 miles, now we've got to run a hundred mile three-day race or something like that, right? Or uh, when it comes to normal everyday stuff, like taking a nicer vacation or buying some new clothes, it's like, you know what, now my financial wants have increased, the things I need
1: in my life they're There more. And social media has a lot to do with that. And that's a problem when those are things that you don't care about, right? Because right. like, obviously, you know, craft beer equivalent, like what's your craft beer equivalent? We talk about that on the show or every time we talk to a guest, you know? But if that's something that you care about, then then sure, then that's great. That's a way for you to challenge yourself. But when it becomes this default way of processing the world around you, when it becomes this sort of default consumption that's being fed to you, that's when it's problematic. Because these are things when you self-reflect, you realize that they don't truly bring you happiness at all. Yeah, and I feel like every
0: time we move the goalpost, too, it has that effect of weakening our grip muscles. And not everything, you can have a couple of craft beer equivalents, like, I suggest a maximum of three. <laughs> and then, like that's, that's one of the things we talked about in our Why Behind Money episode is having like three things on your list. It's like, I'm willing to spend extra money on these three things. But then, not not everything can have that place. And if you have more than three craft beer equivalents, three things that you're willing to kind of spend lavishly on while you're trying to invest wisely and save well, it's going to be
1: too many. and You're going to end up broke. You're going to end up broke. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. And also here, I'm going to provide a counter because I think that social media can be, a helpful tool uh, that we can use more effectively you know like modern technology it allows us to surround ourselves with other folks out there who are seeking the same things that we are and so what that means is just making sure that you're choosing who you follow making sure that you're being intentional about the Facebook groups uh, that you belong to because that can have an important uh, effect on your ability to stick with the goals and to, to keep you know your grit levels high uh, I, I feel like you can even use your you know social media to help you to focus on your specific goals like whatever your craft beer equivalent is make sure that that's kind of front and center in your mind I feel like Kate does this really well when it comes to her wanting to learn about something she'll you know follow certain people on Instagram or uh, lately I've, I've <laughs> I'm, I'm such a, like a you know it's not even winter anymore but I'm such a nerd when it comes to like the wood stove and stuff like that but <laughs> I follow this hashtag #woodstack and it's just a bunch of pictures of, of folks who have like chopped up wood but that it puts it more forefront in my mind and I see that and I'm like oh there's folks out there chopping wood and they're being physical they're they're using their bodies they're burning calories and it's also a good way to use trees that have been cut down in our neighborhood right yeah but maybe for you that means like taking a trip out west or you know like like say for instance you want to go to Yosemite well y- maybe you could follow hashtag Yosemite and so you see pictures that folks are posting who have gone there and so instead of being tempted into you know buying some you know something that's that's being fed to you you know in your feed instead you see somebody uh and they you know, you've got half dome in the background or you've seen that they've like Climbed El Capitan or something like that, uh, but find ways, but I, without I, a rope. Yeah, Alex Honnold, really? There,
0: yeah, he, he did that. <laughs> well, you might also, if you do that, you might get some Yosemite Sam gifts in there, which actually would, would be fun too.
1: be a nice way to kind of switch it up. But you know, social media it it doesn't have to be all bad. There are yeah. ways that you can strategically use that, whether that be with the folks who you know you allow into your life, you know, through the groups or through the different images that you allow to be you know fed to you. Yeah, by the way,
0: shameless plug for the How to Money Facebook group. Great group of people helping each other out. That is an effective
1: use, I think, of social media, right? Yeah, and and there is no hashtag How to Money. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're on Instagram, but no current hashtags at the moment, at least. We are not trending. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we've got uh, a little bit more that we want to get to and cover when it comes to developing grittiness and stick to in your personal finances, uh, including mindset. That's a really important part of this. And, and we'll get to that and more right after this break.
1: You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right?
0: AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along
1: the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend.
0: I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes, those vacations or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb, you just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
0: Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year.
1: That's right. Yeah. And here's the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. Save time and money and provide your family
0: with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com.
1: All right, we are back, and dude, before we kind of move on to the mindset talk, which you you know you teased to there, uh, another important aspect to developing grit in our lives is the community. You know, like we kind of touched on this a little bit when we're talking about social media, and earlier on too, we mentioned how you know being dependent on someone else kind of reduces grittiness uh, to a certain extent as well. If for instance, if we are refusing to educate ourselves when it comes to our personal finances, or we're not paying attention to how much we're spending. Um, But that being said, we all need some help. We all need a, a certain amount of community community on the road to building grits. Uh, not that, you know, you can do hard things all by yourself, but enlisting the help of a friend or a group can be crucial in the pursuit of more resiliency. You know, like these are the folks that are gonna help pick you up when you're down and they can remind you of your goals when you're maybe when you're ready to give up you know it just makes me think of working out like just ask any of those 5 a.m workout groups if uh if they would still be kind of doing this on their own right are you, you still going to be working out at 5 a.m if it weren't for the other people if nobody else shows and up <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. and, you're, and your posse you're going back and getting in
0: your bed too it's not going to happen that's right and not only is it about what your community and those you love can do to help you out but it's also critical to to remember those folks as you're working towards your goals because you can help them out. Uh, Research also shows, too, that when we're able to link whatever it is that we're seeking after to the well-being of those around us, then there's like a a much higher chance that we're going to have the ability to stick with it. Essentially, we become grittier when we know the work and the goals we're seeking after have a higher purpose. For instance, if you have a goal to give away Let's say 10% of your overall income this year. That's a big goal, but that can cause you to be even grittier in sticking to your budget when you have this higher goal of supporting a couple of nonprofits where you live. When what you're doing isn't just self-serving, it can actually uh, increase your grit abilities.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. There's other people depending on you, right? And I, I think maybe it's more of a stretch to have to remind yourself of those things. You know, if you're maybe if you're single, but certainly you know once you have a family, you can think about that as well. You know, you've got a, a spouse. Perhaps that might be partially you know, or fully dependent on your income. You might have, you know, kids who, <laughs> like their their well being and their future, uh, you know hangs in the balance to to a certain extent. And so it's it's good to remind yourself of those things as well. And so community, family, uh, all of those things are really important. It's important to remember other people as we seek to to foster and grow more grit in our lives. Uh, and let's touch on too, dude, like how we think about things. Right, a mindset shift is a huge part. Of developing grit, uh, Gandhi said that man often becomes what he believes himself to be. And you know, I, we don't I've tried that before <laughs> being a superhero and it didn't work it out. <laughs> didn't work out for you. I was like, "That's uh, a lie, Gandhi." It's, but yeah, well, there's know, some truth in it. here on how to money. Like, we don't talk, <laughs> uh, you know, much about self-actualization, uh, but spending more time thinking about like who do you who you want to be. You know, think about you know the life that you want to live, and while you do that, think about how money influences those things because it can be really powerful. And so. Purposefully changing your lifestyle to maybe own less and to intentionally choose to forego purchases and opportunities because you have something bigger in mind is self-empowering. You know, with that comes a change in how you see things, Uh, and it's kind of interesting because you know uh, this mindset shift. Typically, we try to like in episodes, we're getting a little meta here. We try to end (laughs) episodes with with advice that's you know or thoughts that are maybe are a little more practical, Uh, and you know a shift in the way you think about things may not seem very practical but we feel that this is such a powerful way of you know changing how it is that you view everything in the world that we wanted to make sure that we ended on this high note for sure yeah and Proper perspective is such an important part of
0: being able to to be resilient and to develop grit. Matt, one of my favorite economists, Thomas Sowell, when he was talking about the economic concept of scarcity in his book, Basic Economics, I know I'm really cool, I read really thick economics <laughs> textbooks and it's fun. Rich mahogany, <laughs> the smell of leather. Exactly. In my library with the ladder that goes back and forth. But he said that middle class Americans' desires exceed what they can comfortably afford even though what they already have would be considered unbelievable prosperity by people in many other countries around the world or even by earlier generations of americans and he summed it up by saying there has never been enough to satisfy everyone completely and to me matt i read that and my jaw kind of dropped i'm like this is in an economics textbook and he's speaking like to the heart of humanity that there is never enough to satisfy us and we have to realize that we have to take on this perspective in order to become grittier we can become a slave essentially to our wants and desires and we have to realize that there's never going to be enough that's going to satisfy us if we do take that road. And so we almost have to
1: develop grit because the only other option is disappointment and unhappiness. Yeah, dude, having the right perspective is so important. It, it makes me think of uh, George Bonanno, who is a psychologist at Columbia University's uh, Teachers College who's been studying resiliency for decades. And he asked the question Do you conceptualize an event as traumatic or as an opportunity to learn and grow? Events are not traumatic until we experience them as traumatic. And so, you know, basically what he's saying is that we have the ability to filter the events that happen happen to us you know we can let them weigh us down inhibiting our ability to construct a more meaningful future or we can use them as stepping stones to, to something greater and so again George says that we can make ourselves more or less vulnerable by how we think about things and so you know this is why we're talking about this because reframing negative things that happen to us is a powerful tool to build grit yeah framing is
0: so crucial and yeah, I know we're getting, <laughs> I feel like a little meta here, <laughs> or, or even a little off the money track to talk about this mindset, but but we do think it's so important that reframing that proper perspective, and Matt, it, it, it makes me think too of like, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever read Man's Search for Meaning, it's, it's actually a pretty short book, but it's a really powerful one, and the author was Viktor Frankl, and he withstood a lot of horrific things in concentration camps of World War II. And really what he credits his ability to continue living everyday life in the face of such atrocity is his belief that life can have meaning even in the most miserable of circumstances and, and that motivation comes from finding that meaning. And part of his meaning was this book he had in mind that he wanted to write, that he wanted to get out there and that helped him get through some of the worst days any of us could ever imagine living through. And part of developing this solid perspective is to take a step back and look at our current reality and how that compares to the scores of others who are currently living and those who lived before us. We talked about this in a fairly recent episode on luck, but we live in the richest, safest society in the history of the world. And yet there's this distinct, lack of satisfaction in so many lives around this country it's really hard to figure that out that comes from not having a real perspective about what a good life looks like and in Viktor Frankl's case you don't even have to live in abundance in order to find real meaning and I think we can all draw lessons from that right that we don't have to have all the things in order to be happy And in actuality in all likelihood having fewer things is probably going to make us happier
1: That's true. Yeah. And so, you know, a a key aspect of developing grit in our lives, is viewing our money goals as more of a challenge instead of an obstacle. You know, and and we feel that this is going to provide the mindset that we need to be able to accomplish our goals. And so, frame those those setbacks as maybe a hurdle to leap over instead of something that's just you know bound to trip you up. Uh, and you know, this kind of starts to get into a related Finnish concept of sisu. Uh, that's you know S I S U. If if you haven't heard the term before, but that's where there's like this determination and almost a joy in experiencing adversity. But you know, we would recommend. for our listeners to be resolute in the face of adversity and to see these different challenges and hardships that you might encounter as something that you can even welcome or embrace rather than avoiding altogether. We feel that that's maybe the the best way to develop grit in your life. And even though (laughs) just changing the way you think about things and changing the way you see things, it feels very nebulous and it's hard to to kind of wrap your hands around. But if you are able to do that, you're going to find that that's probably also too the most practical thing that you 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 can apply that to anything and everything in life that you encounter uh, that you know some on the outside might might see as negative. Instead, with a proper perspective, it's something that you can see as uh, something that will allow you to grow even more. All right, man. I feel like this was a bit of a heavy
0: episode. Certainly, a little bit outside of Dove into World War II a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. Our natural <laughs> tendency in the wheelhouse that we like to 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 stay in. Yeah. But we thought this was an important thing to talk about, and I do think that developing more grittiness in our lives is going to have just a massively positive benefit for people in their personal finances in the more rapid ability to make progress towards those more meaningful financial goals that they have. So hopefully this wasn't yeah. too up in the clouds and <laughs> there was some really good stuff for you to take away yeah. um, in this episode too. But Matt, let's quickly move back to the beer that we had on today's episode. This one is called Pales in Comparison. It's a double dry hopped pale ale by Edmonds Oast Brewing out of Charleston, South Carolina. What were your thoughts on this beer, man? Edmund's Oast always makes
1: some really delicious beer. Um, and I'll say as we poured this one, this one was especially pale. It was a nice, beautiful pale yellow and the perfect beer uh, to enjoy after you and I. So we, we both hopped on our bikes this afternoon and rode over and picked up the the girls from school this is the kind of beer you want in the spring as it's warming up uh to, to be enjoying while you talk about grit <laughs> you know uh, but yeah really good you know there's definitely a lot of hot presence without being uh overwhelming i'm definitely enjoying these these hoppy pale ales but uh yeah what were your thoughts yeah you want the the sweat in your hair and the, the burn in your <laughs> calves before you start to
0: start drinking this one yeah it was it was delightful man it is a refreshing pale ale that is perfect after a bike ride. And it's nice as we're talking about grit this episode to be able to like experience, you know, just the taste of some of the rewards of, of what we work so hard yeah. for, right? It's like we are gritty because then we get to enjoy delicious beers like this, right? <laughs> so, you earn those calories. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the bike ride almost like makes it makes it even more beautiful and tasty. So. Yeah, I think, think so. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks that want the show notes for this episode, you can go to our website, howtomoney.com.
1: Yeah, and if you enjoyed this specific episode, this isn't our typical kind of topic that we covered, but hopefully this one resonated with you. And if you haven't left us a review over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, we would love it if you were to head over there, leave us a solid review, and we thank you in advance. So, Joel, that's going to do it for this episode, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out.
0: marketing.com.